0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This morning we hear the beautiful gospel of the miracle of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain. A joyful gospel, one that gives us all hope and also a model for us. So I want to look at a few things that the Lord Jesus Christ did that we should reflect on in our own lives as well and see how can I imitate the Lord in my dealings with others. Number one. One of the joyful things is that the Lord sees us. We see here that it says that the Lord was walking with his disciples and a large crowd. And the woman who was also, you know, mourning her the loss of her son was with a large crowd following her. So the multitude of the people that were there and yet it says that the Lord saw her. He noticed her. And he notices each and every one of us. He doesn't just see a multitude he doesn't just see a crowd but every soul is precious in his eyes how often it is we feel sometimes that nobody sees me nobody understands me nobody gets me and yet the lord looks at us and says i see you amongst the millions and billions of people and notice you i care for you your soul is precious to me and so the lord does this with us and feels for us in this way. He sees every soul because every soul is precious. And he's not, you know, sometimes too, we think about our dealings with others. Uh, How often it is someone will come and say, you know, you didn't ask about me. I was sick and you didn't check on me. And maybe we don't say it this way, but our, our response internally is sometimes, well, you know, I was really busy. We're too busy to look at others cares or others worries or others concerns and yet the Lord is not too busy for us. How often it is that perhaps we're too busy for the Lord, how often it is we say, I didn't have time to read scripture, I didn't have time to pray, I was too busy. And yet the Lord is never too busy for us. He cares for every soul cares for each and every one of us. And this causes us to reflect and ask ourselves, how do we deal with others? Is every soul that I deal with precious? Every person that I deal with a precious person? Or is it just one, one amongst many? Or for example, in our group of friends, I could have many friends that I spend time with. And if I upset one, well, it's not a big deal. I've got many others. Or is that soul that I upset, one that is precious in my eyes. I don't want a single person to be lost. I don't want a single person to be upset because every soul is precious. The way the Lord sees us amongst the crowds is an example for us to deal with one another and seeing the preciousness of every individual. When he saw her, her tears, when he saw her weeping, when he saw her miserable condition, he had compassion on her. He was compassionate, understood the situation that she was in. For her, she was in a, dis- a very difficult situation, one with no solution. This widow had lost everything. She lost her husband, so she was a widow, and her son, whom she raised, and who she was basically going to rely on. You have to remember, this is, you know, back in those days, a widow has no one to take care of her, unless it's her husband or her son. And she loses both. And so when she's bearing her son, she's bearing all hope for any survival. Her life is over in her eyes. And she's bearing that hope that she had. Until the Lord has compassion on her and she meets him. And he does the unexpected with her. He comes with feelings. He comes sensing the need of another. And caring for that person, he comes and does something that she couldn't imagine. Perhaps what this woman dreamt of when her son was maybe sick before he died was for some healing, was someone to help him out and heal him, for God to have mercy on him. But the fact that he died and she was going to bury him, and the Lord then comes with a solution beyond imagination, with a solution beyond our expectation, He comes, raises him from the dead, so he gives him life again. He comes and encounters her, and he comes and enables her to witness a miracle. She receives greater things than what she was hoping for, and in our lives too, we find that the Lord, oftentimes, we also feel a little bit hopeless, we feel helpless. In different situation and he has solution beyond human understanding he has solution beyond our means we can wish for something and he can provide us something way beyond that but to trust him to know that he's capable of it and to rely on him but also this teaches us that the same way that he has compassion on that dead son he has compassion on every sinner He loves every sinner, even in the midst of their sin. He despises sin, but he loves every soul. Sometimes when we sin, we feel like God hates us. But that's only our perception. And so we're ashamed to get up and pray. We're ashamed to come and stand before him. But the reality is, even in our sinful condition, he loves us beyond measure. And this teaches us, as well, in our dealings with others, when others are In a miserable situation like this widow, to have compassion. When others are struggling with sin, to have compassion. Not to be harsh, not to be difficult, not to be, you know, not understanding with the situation of the other, but rather to have a soft, a gentle approach to things. To be understanding, even if what they're doing is not something I would do but to have compassion the way the Lord had compassion on her condition. Everybody suffers in the world. Everybody suffers in different ways, but the suffering that each person experiences is difficult on them. May not be difficult for me, but it's difficult on the individual. And so to relate with that and to be understanding, to have compassion and to be gentle with the person. And this compassion, of the Lord is witnessed in that um, it's reflected in that he drew near to her. You know, in those days, of course, in the Old Testament, a dead body is basically something that they were forbidden to touch. A dead body makes you unclean. And so, but the Lord comes and draws near. His compassion led him to action, to come to her, to do something about it. And so he comes and yes, he raises the, 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 the child, the, the son of the widow from the dead. But he could have done it by speaking a few words. He said, young man, arise. He could have just said that from afar. But to teach us something, he drew near. He didn't just say it from afar. With Lazarus, he came to the tomb. He didn't touch the tomb. He didn't do any. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't touch him. He didn't do any of that. But in this situation, he drew near because this woman was suffering. And so the relation between him and her had to be established. He comes, has a discussion with her, well, not really a discussion, but he comes close and then he tells her something very odd. He says to her, do not weep. What woman who loses her son is going to stop weeping at someone just saying, do not weep, who would stop weeping? She probably didn't even hear him say it because of how much she was crying. But yet he comes and says, do not weep, as if it's a promise, a promise that I'm going to do something. And he does this with humanity. He says to each one of us, do not weep. I will grant you salvation. I will grant you victory over your sin. I will grant you to overcome, but just keep struggling. And he says to this woman, do not weep. And immediately, in her case, he touches the coffin and then says, young man, I say to you, arise. And the young boy arises from the dead. And here it teaches us again in our relations with others to have that proximity, to have that closeness. It's very easy to deal with people from afar and to say to ourselves, I'm not going to really approach this person. I'm not going to spend time with this person. This person is sick. Let me check on them but how do I check on them? I could give them a call, but why bother with a call? Let me just send a text message. I'll have done my duty of checking on them. So make it simple, send a text message. Or if I really care, I'll be there in presence, go visit them in the hospital or whatever it is. Or oftentimes someone loses a loved one in their family. And we want to express our condolences. And again, there are many ways. I can express my condolences by sending a text message. I can pick up the phone and call. And I can actually show up at the funeral services and be there as a part of the body of Christ together. The church gives us this. We're together mourning together, rejoicing together. We're one with one another. But oftentimes, we don't have that attitude. We're members of that one body of Christ the church, but yet the members are far apart, not united. And we have to, you know, reflect on this. Are we truly part of that one body? And if we are, then the members are joined together. And so when someone rejoices, I rejoice with them. When someone mourns, I mourn with them. And I'm physically present. You know, I could say, you know, at a funeral, what am I going to go do? It's not like I'm going to go raise the body of a person they're dead. But the Lord teaches me here to show up, to be there, because the presence of a person and another person and another person comforts. And so to remember that in a world where, you know, our devices, our phones causes a lot of distance, we may be connected online, we may be connected through social media, we may be connected by sending text messages but it distances us in our relationships. And so to remember through this example of the Lord, he comes and establishes a relation and touches the human touch. Do we have that with one another? And so three things that the Lord did that we can reflect on in our own lives. Number one, he sees. He sees others. He sees each one of us because the soul is precious. Is every soul precious in our eyes? If it is, he has compassion. When they suffer, when a person suffers, when this woman was in a miserable condition, he had compassion on her. Do we look with tenderness, with gentleness, on the difficulties and struggles of another? Or do we look with condemnation or disdain or, uh, you know, look at it as, ah, oh, this is nothing. And when he had compassion, he took action. He drew near. Do we have a relational uh, or, or do we deal with people in in a way that is relational intimately or is it something from a distance i'll just do my duty i'll just do what i'm supposed to but keep distance from these people may god grant us to imitate him and to be touched by his very compassion so that we can show compassion unto others and to our god be the glory now and ever and unto the ages of the ages amen